Hey, welcome to the Juice Bar Experts podcast, where we are going to give you tips, tools, strategies for launching a new juice bar or scaling and increasing the profitability and efficiency in your existing juice bar. I'm your host, Andrew McFarlane. For the last 10 years, I've been in the juice bar business, running my own juice bars, as well as helping hundreds of entrepreneurs all around the world launch successful juice businesses. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome, welcome. Hope you all are doing amazing. Today we are talking about the problems with wholesaling your juice. Now, I have to start by saying I am sorry if this is going to burst anyone's bubble. I often feel like I am sometimes the bearer of bad news, but I also firmly believe that sometimes we need to swallow some bitter medicine in order to keep ourselves healthy and resilient. And my goal in this is not to burst your bubble. My goal is to give you a sober perspective so that you can approach your business in a mature way. So ultimately you can be successful. So if you are thinking about wholesaling your juice or you currently are, this episode is for you. The first thing that I want to share is that there are obviously a lot of different models that work. There are wholesale models that work. There are retail models that work. There are online delivery juice business models that work. There are all versions of this that can work, but they all come with their pitfalls, their challenges, and their barriers to entry. So what I'm going to talk about today is those very things. Now, a lot of times when I speak to people who are wholesaling their juice, they are generally wholesaling to very, very small retailers. You know, they've got the local yoga studio that orders 20 bottles of juice here and there. They've got the gym down the street. They've got the local convenience store selling their juice. And this is all exciting to a new juice business owner because in the very start when you're starting a business, if this is your first company, there is oftentimes what I generally will call like vanity metrics and other people in the industry would say vanity metrics. And those are things that make you feel good but aren't really, really meaningful in the long run. So when you're a new business owner, you get really excited. Oh my God, somebody is gonna buy my product. That's amazing. Somebody said that they'll, they'll have my juices in their store. That's amazing. And that excitement might overshadow true understanding and reasoning as to the right approach to developing a business. So let's look at the foundational understanding of the unique aspect of running a food service business. When you're in food service, which I've said often on this channel, you are in the high volume, low margin business. High volume meaning you have to sell a lot of units in order to make money because you're not going to sell one juice and get rich. You need to sell a lot of juices on a daily basis. Low margin meaning you don't make a lot of money off of each unit that you sell. But in uh, accumulation of all the units that you'll sell over a period of time, you would then will make money. The other thing to understand is that you are in the manufacturing business. 
right? Manufacturing, meaning you have to have proper facilities, processes, systems in order to run this kind of volume at scale. A lot of people aren't very systems oriented and they just don't understand the fundamental reality of doing the math of if I sell X number of juices with X amount of profit, how much before I make $10,000 a month profit, $20,000 a month profit, how many units do I really have to sell? And so when it comes to wholesaling, people are usually selling 10, 20 units to the yoga studio down the street, 10, 20 units to the gym across the road, and, and so forth. They're not really getting to high volume. And because you don't own these locations and you have to cut this new retailer in on the profits, you're generally minimizing your margin even more. So you're making even less money, which means you have to get to even higher volume. And most of the time, people don't have the kind of manufacturing facilities or the sales process or the accounts to really justify wholesaling their product. They usually find out in a certain period of time that they have not been making money and they've really been working a lot for no reason. Because in order to wholesale well, you really need to be at scale, volume. You need to have big accounts that are ordering a lot of products from you. And the paradox and challenge of this, and I, I'm speaking from, you know, I have a business partner who at one point was running a food service business. They had an account with Whole Foods. They were doing a lot of volume, but here's where they... And he told me with his own mouth, we actually have a whole podcast episode we did together if you haven't heard it. It's um, Aram Zadikian from Margot and Linda's Vegan Kitchen. You can listen more to that in detail. But in essence, he said that he regretted taking on the account because they were responsible for 80% of his sales. Before, they did have a lot of other wholesale accounts, smaller retailers, other grocery stores. They were doing pretty good volume but they didn't have to take on the liability that they needed to when they started getting accounts with Whole Foods. They didn't have one vendor who really had all the power. There was an asymmetry of power in that relationship. So if Whole Foods said, hey, you need to cut your margins down even more, what could they do? They had to listen to them because Whole Foods or any other larger retailer doesn't need your account. It's not important to them. When they're a really, really big business, they've got five to 10,000 other companies that are in your very position. And if you don't comply with what they say, then you're out of the, you're out of the mix. And look, in a situation where you get that kind of account, what is it going to take to produce that kind of volume? You're going to have to get a loan for quite a, a bit of money in order to set up your facility to be able to go from small volume to probably 10 to 20 to 50 Xing or more the kind of volume you've been doing on a daily basis. So everything's not this pie in the sky dream when it comes to wholesaling and you see that the companies that are really successful, the Suja juices, the Evolution juices, their Blueprint, other juice companies, they are usually very, very, very well funded. These are not companies that came in with tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars. These are companies that had backing, backing in the millions of dollars in order to get to that scale and have a fighting chance in this very um, you know, low margin cutthroat market that is retail juice. So, these are really a lot of the downsides. The other downside is outside of just not being able to control that relationship, 
you can't get feedback a lot of times on why your product might be selling or not selling. It might be because the retailers put you on the bottom shelf, might be because of your packaging. You have to do a lot of work to really understand why your product might be going well or might not be going well. And so I see a lot of businesses, they one, never get to that threshold where they're able to cross the bridge of getting any really big accounts. Uh, but prior to that, they're sort of just scrambling around. They're wholesaling their juice because of the excitement, but they don't really know the math. And the math doesn't make sense 99% of the time when you're selling to very small businesses. What's the other problem with wholesaling when you're doing taking this kind of approach? These other yoga studios, these gyms, these other places that are retailing your product, it's not their primary service. They don't care if your product sells or not. So maybe they're going to have spoiled juice if you're not on top of it in their refrigerator. They're not going to be rotating the product potentially. They're not going to call you. You know, someone's going to have a bad experience because, you know, let's say their refrigerator breaks. They're not thinking about it. It's just not on their top priority. Selling your juice doesn't mean anything to them. And so while it's so important to your business, it means nothing to them. So you have to do a lot of upkeep. And if all these locations are spread around, you're going to spend a lot of your time running from location to location without much to show for it. You know, how, so the thing that I would invite you to do, if you are considering taking this approach to have a really sober mind about it, do the math. You have to know what your profitability is. Start doing the math and going, okay, if I sell my juice to this vendor for X amount of dollars, this is what my profitability looks like. How many units do I have to sell on a daily basis to get to my goal? Do I feel that's realistic? How many accounts do I have to have? It's fine to experiment with things for in the short term, but you really have to have a long-term game plan because the thing that really um, makes me feel sad is when I talk to people who've been running these businesses on a small scale for years, one year, two years, three years, four years, five years, and they've got not, they don't have much to show for it. They've pretty much been in, in quicksand, just running on a treadmill, not really getting very far. And the reason is, is because they don't understand how the money works. And so you really have to understand the financial aspect of every business that you're a part of in order to make wise financial decisions. And, and yeah, really have a strong foundation to grow from. So like I said, this might be some bitter medicine if you are doing this already or you are thinking about doing it. But I remember when I had, you know, when I was actively running my juice bars before I had some investors coming by my company, I had a lot of people approach me for requests to wholesale the product. One, depending on where you're located, which is a whole nother thing, you can't technically sell raw juice to third-party retailers who are going to resell your product if you're in America. The FDA doesn't allow it. There are workarounds. You can, let's say, for example, if you're in a high-volume gym and you want to sell there, you wouldn't technically wholesale your product. You could get into a sublease agreement with them, lease out some space, maybe have a refrigerator there or have you know a sales rep that's there that can sell your product. So in that situation, you still own the supply chain or the distribution of your product, but you're not wholesaling it to someone else who's then reselling it. You're just leasing a space and then you're selling your product direct to consumer. That's not a bad approach if you are in a high volume space, a gym, somewhere where you can actually have some, a salesperson speak to other people. You can learn, you can iterate, you can really push the product, sell the product. It becomes more of a focal point of the space because you're taking up more um, 
yeah, just more real estate in that environment. But when you're in a grocery store, you're in some other business where people aren't really seeing your product. It's not featured well. You're one product amongst thousands. It can get difficult. So I hope this has been helpful. If you guys need support with your business, you want to take another route, you want to open up a juice truck, retail business, something else, you need to support. Even if you want to wholesale, we'll still help you, but you you know, know kind of what you're walking into. Reach out to me personally at andrew at starterjuicebar.com. Happy to discuss how we can support you getting from wherever you are to wherever you want to go. This is all for today. Hope it's been helpful. Hope you're happy. Hope you're healthy. Andrew McFarlane with the Juice Bar Experts podcast, starterjuicebar.com. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on YouTube if you prefer or ever are not on the podcast. We're really easy to find. So until next time. Take care. Talk to you soon.